In Florida Ag and Review for the week of December 6th, the news was all cold. Well, to find out just how significant this early cold spell is, we go right to the source with Bell Glade grower Rick Roth. I've been farming 35 years, and I guess I'm hearing people saying it's been 75 years since uh, I got this cold this early. And USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey adds that indeed it's not just the temps, but the timing. We have a lot more crops in the field susceptible to harm. As a result, we have had reports of damage. As Roth gives us an early estimate on some of his losses. I figure we probably lost probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 4 to $5 million worth of green beans. And we did lose sweet corn because corn was not close to harvest. And with more cold weather forecasted, how about that sugarcane crop, which Ross says they're two-thirds done planting. This freeze here did some damage, although minor, to the sugarcane eyes, the eyes that germinate when you plant the whole stalk. So we are seeing a little bit of damage, not much yet, but... Uh, if it's going to be colder next week, that's not good. There was also some big news regarding Florida's waters. Well, EPA's final rule for the numeric nutrient criteria for Florida's waters may be officially published, but the fight is far from over, as Adam Bassard with the Florida Farm Bureau gives us the latest. The Attorney General Bill McCollum and the Commissioner of Agriculture in Florida filed suit against EPA on the grounds basically that um, the EPA is overstepping the state's authority to regulate numeric nutrient criteria in the state and that those standards that they are putting forth are not um, fully based on science. The incoming Attorney General and Ag Commissioner have also joined the challenge, along with many others in Congress who have expressed their frustration through letters and other venues. Ambassador says that the Florida Farm Bureau fully supports all of their efforts. Without their support, we would have no voice hardly. And so they are really making a, a great stand for, for Florida uh, farmers and ranchers and citizens on this issue. So we just want to say thank you to them. And Randall Wiseman had news regarding some legislative progress. Earlier this week, President Obama and congressional Republicans did reach an agreement to preserve the Bush administration tax breaks for families at an income level for two years, which would put the estate or debt tax back to a 35% rate on estates worth more than $5 million for individuals, $10 million for couples. Colin Woodall, Vice President of Government Affairs for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, said this is a huge victory. To see this in the uh, President's proposal and this new compromise, I think, says a lot for uh, the efforts of not only NCBA and the cattle industry, but all of agriculture to finally get some folks' attention and let them know that we need some relief from the death tax. But there is still opposition to the agreement. The push right now is going to be to make sure that we maintain that and make sure that it ends up in the final package that gets voted on. American Farm Bureau President Bob Stallman says AFBF applauds the agreement. As for America's farm and ranch families, passage of a state tax relief is the single most important tax issue left unresolved by Congress. And as we wrap up for this week, we hear about an unsettled issue from Everett Griner. Farm subsidies have been a source of disagreement for a long time. Congress deals with it on a regular basis. The final resolution, nowhere near in sight. Right now, farmland is one of the best investments in the world. You put 50 acres or 5,000 acres of farmland up for sale, and investors and speculators will come out of the woodworks. According to one environmental group, over half the farmland in America is owned by people who neither live on nor work the land. They do qualify for farm subsidy payments, though. In other words, these already wealthy people are being subsidized with yours and my tax money. Why is it so difficult for our lawmakers to deal with this issue? I mean, to me, it's simple. If you're not the owner who lives on and farms the land, you're not entitled to a farm subsidy. A professional athlete who makes $12 million a year gets a farm subsidy. 
And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.